Well, if you're here for the very first time, thank you for coming. Uh, this is our Advent candlelight service, and we, we welcome you. Uh, if you're a guest, my name is Al Pino, and I'm one of the pastors here on the team. And this evening, our sermon are, is the fourth in a four-part series, which we entitled the Advent Series. And the title of that series is Sing a New Song to the Lord. So the last couple of weeks we've been looking at, from the book of Luke, the four songs to the Lord, these new songs to the Lord announcing the coming of Christ. A couple of weeks ago, we learned about Mary's song that she sang in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. And then, and then two weeks ago, we, we studied Zechariah's song in Luke 1, 67 and 79. And last Sunday, we, we listened and studied Simeon's song as he held the baby Jesus and thanked God for providing the salvation that he had promised. And tonight, we conclude our series with heaven's view of Christ's birth, communicated to us through the heavenly host's song in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And if you have your Bibles, please turn there. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. If you're a guest with us this morning and don't have a Bible, look on with someone sitting next to you. The heavenly host song. Now, heavenly hosts appear frequently in the Bible. God sends these heavenly hosts to inform earthly people of his plans, of his judgments, and most of all, of his promised salvation. These heavenly hosts are messengers. They're angels. And they break into everyday life with God's news. Both the good news of his salvation for his friends and the news of God's righteous judgment against his enemies. They kind of function like that breaking news graphic that flashes on our screens instantly when there's very, very important news happening in the world. You know the feeling. The graphic goes up, breaking news. You kind of lean forward in your seat with a mixture of anticipation, excitement, but just a tinge of fear and foreboding at what good or perhaps tragic news follows. You know there has to be something very important to interrupt the normal programming. Now, imagine that instead of a breaking news graphic appearing on your TV screen, a messenger from God appears in your living room. That would get your attention. And that is what happened to these shepherds that night in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and following. Only it wasn't in their living room, but in the field where they were quietly watching their sheep a silent night until all heaven broke loose. It started with a lone angel announcing breaking news. Good news is what he says here. I bring you good news. That word good news is the Greek word euangelizomai. We get the word gospel from that word. So this angel comes to preach the gospel to these shepherds. And what is this good news? What is this gospel? It's the coming of the Savior. It's, it's great joy for all people. This God's promise, salvation has come in the birth of a little baby in a nearby village, Bethlehem. And this baby is lying in swaddling clothes, just a bunch of rags wrapped around it, in a manger, in a feeding trough for animals. And, and the angel identified the child 
as the promised deliverer of Israel. The savior of the world. The one through whom the nations would be blessed. This seed of Abraham. This Jewish baby. The anointed king, Messiah, who rules over God's kingdom forever and ever. That's the scripture that Nestor read in Isaiah 9. This promised king, promised for ages, for centuries, has come. Now what's amazing about the angel's announcement is that it was not made in prime time. It was not made to Caesar, the ruler of the earthly kingdom of Rome, in his palace. It was not made to Herod, the puppet ruler of Israel, in his palace in Jerusalem. Nor was it made to the Jewish high priest, the leader of the Jewish religion in the temple. No, it was made to some hardworking shepherds on a lonely Judean hillside in the dead of night. And as those shepherds stood stunned in silence, a fearful silence, trying to comprehend what this angel just said. They knew their Old Testament. They knew they were speaking of Messiah. They knew they were speaking of a deliverer. Suddenly, it gets even more urgent because this lone angel is now joined with thousands of angels. Yes. When you look at the text, it says, a multitude, verse 13, of the heavenly host. That word multitude ESV study Bible tells us you can translate that thousands. Imagine you're on a lonely hillside. It's bad enough that one angel shows up and breaks up your night. How about boom, suddenly Luke loves use that word. Thousands of angels show up thousands, dear friends. And they show up singing a song, the heavenly hosts song. And it's that song that we want to examine and understand tonight. So let's read it together. Shall we Luke chapter two, verse 13. Luke 2.13, and suddenly, and suddenly, there was with the lone angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, multitude, thousands of angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Listen, the Bible is filled with angels sent by God to make announcements. But let me ask you this. Has there ever been a mass sighting of angels? Thousands of angels assembling at one place in one time. Is there any biblical data that shows us that kind of appearance? Well, yes, there's one that I can think of. It's in the book of 2 Kings, written 700 years, an account 700 years before the coming of Christ. 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. The prophet Elisha, is prophesying over God's people, Israel, and he's protecting them from the Syrian king. He's telling the king of Israel every move the king of Syria is making because God is telling him that. And the king of Syria says, who's the spy in Israel that's giving up our military plans? And his seers, his false prophets say, it's not a spy, it's the prophet Elisha. And the king says, go get him. So the army of Assyria comes in and camps around Elisha's home. They want to capture him and his servant. Now, his servant was understandably very concerned when he peeked out the window and saw the army of Israel, Assyria, around him. In fact, he wasn't just concerned, he was extremely afraid. And so Elisha asked God to open his servant's eyes to the army of angels protecting them. Listen to the text. 2 Kings 
chapter 6, verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God, the man of God being Elijah, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, he went out to get the paper in the morning, and he looked up, and behold, an army of horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master. I love the way the Bible cloaks that. It has an exclamation point. He freaked out, okay? What shall we do? And he, Elisha, said, do not be afraid. Don't you love that? And the man of God, no, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant's like, yeah, really? You're an old prophet. I'm a young servant. I don't think so. Then at verse 13, then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open the eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He showed the man, the servant, God's angels, thousands, chariots of fire, a host, and this military context is actually very appropriate to our context because our context describes this thousands of angels and describes them as what? Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, thousands, of the heavenly what? Host. That word host can also be translated army. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of the armies. These angels were warrior angels. These angels that showed up to sing were serious dudes. Imagine the most fierce warrior you can imagine. Back then it was chariots and horses and chariots of fire. Today, who knows? Let your imagination run with it. These are fierce dudes. These are a multitude, but they're singing. And what are they singing? Look at verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They sang of peace. An army of angels appeared to sing of peace. Because it wasn't an army in the natural. Oh, they could have wiped out any army of Rome, but that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to bring peace, peace between God and man, a peace initiated by God. God is the ultimate peacemaker. A peace initiated by God himself coming in the flesh as a baby in that manger in Bethlehem. A baby who would be called the Prince of Peace. Why? Because he would live a perfect life and then climb up on that cross and die a sacrificial death to die for your peace with God. He took the wrath of God that you deserved to make peace between you and God so that you would get the peace you don't deserve. They sang of God's plan of salvation, initiated by God. They sang of Jesus Christ being born in the manger. What's interesting to me is the first ones to sing of the coming of God in the flesh were this heavenly host. And these angels sang not because they needed salvation. They didn't. In fact, if you hear what the angel said in verse 10, he says, for unto you, unto you, this day is born a savior. Angels don't need salvation. They've never sinned. But they were aware of the sin of mankind. They were aware of the sin of mankind. So these angels 
who had not fallen, these are the angels that are with God, remain faithful to God in heaven. Certainly the fallen angels receive judgment, but they have no opportunity for salvation. But these angels, no need for salvation. They serve God, but they saw the need of mankind for salvation. They saw the misery that sin had done to mankind, the broken relationship with God. They saw that there's war between God and man, a righteous war. And that God had now made provision for peace between God and man. And they sang of that salvation. Do you know the desperate place you're in? The war that is between you and God if you are outside of Christ. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of the misery of sin that has visited your family? Now because of this knowledge, they were very interested in God's plan. And I thank you for coming this morning, this afternoon, this evening. I thank you for being here. I thank you for wanting to know about God's plan of peace for you, your family, your friends, this church, and our community. For the nation, for the world, a world that's at war. Actually at war with God. But God has provided for peace. And because of their love for God, and because they saw that his creation needed salvation, they delighted in God's plan of salvation. May you delight in God's plan of salvation This evening, may you delight, perhaps for you, it's the very first time, perhaps the plan of salvation for you this evening would be dawning upon you, your need of peace with God. You're aware that there's war between you and God. And tonight, for the very first time, you're going to receive that peace in Christ Jesus. How do you do that? Well, you understand that there's breaking news for you this evening. The breaking news isn't announced by an angel, that kind of messenger, but it's announced by an aging pastor who's a messenger of God's word. And every bit as much as that angel had that announcement that night, a little more spectacular than me, and though there's not thousands of angels standing behind me, this is the message of God to you. You can have peace with God if you repent and believe in Jesus Christ. This is the message that we celebrate, and I pray you would do that. If you have peace with God, If you are those here this evening that know that peace, then I pray that you would obey and meditate on that message of peace. Even as the shepherds did that night. They immediately went to Bethlehem. They immediately sought out the the Mary and Joseph. They immediately bowed down and worshiped God. And and when they were done worshiping God, they, they went glorifying God. Listen. They didn't find God. God found them on that lonely Judean countryside. They didn't find Joseph and Mary. Can you imagine looking for a young couple in Bethlehem on a night where the census is being taken? There's no way they're going to find them. God led them to Christ. No man can come to Christ unless the Father lead him. And if God has led you to Christ, then I pray you would follow the shepherd's example and rejoice. And if God is leading you to Christ for the first time this evening, that you would come back Sunday morning and rejoice and glorify God with us. And dear Christian friend, if you are those that are rejoicing in the Savior, I pray you would do what Mary did that night. Because it says here that when Mary listened, when Mary saw these shepherds come up, when Mary heard the story that the shepherds told about the lone angel and about his pronouncement of a Savior and that the Savior was this baby in her arms wrapped up in a bunch of old rags, and when they told, when, she, when the shepherds told them of thousands of angels singing a song of peace between God and man, what does it say that Mary did? But Mary treasured up all these things, 
pondering them in her heart. I pray tonight you would treasure up these things, dear friends. I pray tonight that you would ponder these things. I thank you for taking a break from shopping and cooking and baking and a little pause before Noche Buena, which is where I'm going right after this service, but that you would ponder in your heart that God has made peace with you. He's made peace with you in Christ Jesus. A peace that you could never experience apart from him. May that peace be the gift that you most appreciate tomorrow morning and every morning of your life. That is my prayer. That is our prayer. And to that end, let us bow our heads and ask God for his grace this evening. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that has never understood this message of peace, that the, that the angel's pronouncement of good news, of great joy for all people has never penetrated their mind. If Christmas for them has only been watching nostalgic movies, enjoying lights, enjoying tradition, enjoying a wonderful meal later tonight at Noche Buena, Lord, I pray that tonight would truly be a good evening as it was for those shepherds. It would be a, a true Noche Buena for them. The best night. The night of their salvation. For Christ has come for them. Lord, that you would save them right now. Lord, I pray for your grace for the rest of us who know you, but can find ourselves in a little bit of unbelief, manifested by a little bit of grumbling, a little bit of complaining, focusing on the wrong thing. Lord, may we receive your grace, grace unmerited. You led us to the Savior. We were in darkness on a metaphorical hill in Judea, alone, lost, no hope. You shone a great light around us. Your glory came to us. Messengers came with the good news of the gospel. And you led us to Christ. And may we rejoice in that this Christmas season, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.